Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. Welcome back. Glad you all came back for uh, round two. Yeah, week number two of Some Assembly Required. Uh, if you were here last week or you listened to the message online, you know that we're talking about relationships and uh, particularly we're talking about marriage relationships. And um, we all know what happens when two people come together and try to build a life together. It, um, it is uh, truly something that assembly is required for because we all bring our nuances, we bring our opinions, and even though um, I'm usually right, you know, we give value to each other and give right. consideration to your you know, opinions too, right? Well, I hope so. I hope so, because my opinions are pretty good. But I'm just standing- You heard it here first. I, I'm standing here looking at one of our big differences. I'm a paper and pen, he's electronic. It's a small thing. But it, it makes him crazy because yep. he thinks I should use electronics. Yep, I do. It's, Anyhow, it's, that's a side It's note. the modern world. Hey, this weekend, <laughs> um, uh, last weekend we talked about what it means to be in love. Um, and frankly, that it seems like that's the easy part is to be in love. Uh, the difficult thing is to stay in love. That requires so much commitment. If you don't have the commitment to stay in love, then to be in love is going to be short-lived. And um, we all know that God really, really, really desires for us to live well. And uh, in our relationships, if we're going to live well, then we have to learn how to love well. For sure. And the truth is, we all, we, we all have this basic human need to love and to be loved. We want to, and we all have the potential to thrive and to, and to grow if, um, if we have this atmosphere of acceptance and safety and unconditional love, we've been talking about unconditional love. Order. I know, right? I know. And maybe that's just the dream. Mm -hmm. Does it feel kind of like before we're in relationship, um, it seems really easy. It's kind of like having kids. Like we know how to raise kids until we have them. Um, <laughs> But so sometimes that feels like, like a dream, like the ideal situation is that we are in an atmosphere of acceptance, safety, and unconditional love. So what happens when that doesn't happen? When we realize that it's gonna take a lot of work. I think in those moments, sometimes we decide, well, maybe we'll just settle for a little less than ideal because it is a lot of work. So we settle for this altered version of what we'd hoped for. And when we figure out that it's not what we thought it was going to be, we might need to choose between fight or flight. And some of you have been there, done that. We have been there, done that. Um, and just to be clear, before I say this, for those of you that were here last week, we talked about keeping score and remembering the past. So I'm just saying, this is just an example again. I'm not keeping this against, I'm not holding this against you. 
Um, but Thanks I remember, for the clarity. Yeah, uh-huh. I didn't want, yeah, whew. Um, I remember very vividly back in, gosh, you're the date person. I don't remember the date. I remember the kids were young. We lived on Green Road. I remember. 1997. Okay, this, he's good at that. Um, so the kids were really young. Morgan wasn't in school yet. I think Cody was maybe in elementary. I remember mowing the lawn one day. I was, I can get things done really fast when I'm mad. Um, you got to set the picture though. I mean, we don't have a ride. We didn't have a riding lawnmower yeah, I was at that pushing. point. She was behind a walk behind mower. Yeah. And she despises that sort of work anyway. <laughs> so just make sure you get the picture here. Okay. I'm not going to go there, but what I just remember, I just remember it's etched in my brain. I was mowing the yard and I was contemplating how much easier it would be if I was doing it alone, if I didn't have expectations of Gene. I mean, that's, that's a real moment. I was just thinking, you know, when we're in relationship, when we're, when we're married and we are making it work, um, I had expectations he wasn't meeting. And so it would have just been easier. Well, and that's why we have, I mean, that's why a conversation like this is so important is because all of us deal with the expectations we have of the people in our lives. Whether you're at work or you are at home or you're at school, wherever you are, when other human beings are involved, we have a certain amount of expectations that we uh, hold. And if they're not met, then there is, uh, there is a grief and pain that comes along. I think uh, last with week that. we called it suffering. Yeah, suffering. <laughs> Feels like suffering. <laughs> <laughs> so whether you're married, um, whether you're in love, or will be soon, or want to be, or used to be, and swear you never will be again, like wherever you are on this trajectory, our need for um, healthy, romantic, and platonic relationships is is essential for us to live well. And if we're going to live to our full potential, it means that we probably are going to hit the wall a few times here and there. We're going to come up against hardships and things that we have no idea how we're going to work through them. And yet, as we can attest, like looking back, we remember those places where the difficulty of our relationship or our life was going to consume, felt like it was going to consume us. And now we look back and we say, yes, there's some miracles done in our lives. There were some things that happened along the way that, were, that are markers for us. And that without them, um, we would not look back and say, well, we've persevered. We've actually made it through some of the most difficult things that we could have anticipated. So today, so today, we want to talk to you about conflict, those fun times when you do hit the wall and when, um, when things don't turn out the way you had hoped in the moment. So I, I suppose maybe we could ask, um, well, many of us in our relationships, when we're starting out, when we're meeting that guy or that girl that we really are inclined towards getting to know better, we might also um, have experienced what it means to get dumped. Has anybody ever looked at you and said, 
it's not you. It really, it's me. It's not you. It's me. I don't even get that. Like, I mean, does that mean you're way too good for me or I need somebody that's like so much worse than you are? Well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it is. Like, I think think it's a cop-out. Or maybe... Uh, you want love, and I simply want a burrito. Maybe that's it. <laughs> Honey, you want both. We're just both. not on the same you page. You want both. <laughs> I, I know that. Uh, but back to this, this thing of it's not you, it's me. Does it feel like a cop-out? Like if you, if, you th- if you think about or if that's been said to you or if you've said it, is it a cop-out? Like do we actually believe? Like if I'm saying that to you, do I actually believe it's not me? I don't know. I just, I don't quite get that. Do I, and in those moments, if it's happened to you, especially if it's the first time, it can feel like life is over. Like I'm crushed. And then we begin to doubt mm-hmm. and question ourselves. I did this because it happened to me. Oh, not it was by painful. me. Not by Brenda. No. no. But it was painful. Oh, man. So if you put your eggs all in one basket, like if you are all in and this is the relationship for you and you're 16 years old, I was 17 years old and... She was clearly not the right one. (laughs) We know that now, don't we, baby? But (laughs) at the time, it didn't work out. It's a um, good thing a couple people said that, though, to us because I got dumped too. It's a good thing. Not by me. No, but, but we made it. You got all these butterflies when you meet somebody, right? You get all the butterflies, and then the butterflies fly away, (laughs) and uh, the hormones settle down, and all you're left with is the painful memory, and you kind of wish that would fly away just like those butterflies did. Maybe you're the one that said, it's not you, it's me, and if so, then you need to be honest with yourself. Maybe uh, it is about you. See, there are several ways that Brenda and I, um, several ways that we encounter uh, conflict when we, uh, in our own lives and also in the lives of the couples that we meet with. And some of those ways are, uh, if you stay in conflict long enough without resolution, if you aren't trying to work through it, you will begin to feel contempt, contempt for the other person. Um, you will definitely feel criticism. Um, my, my way of handling those moments sometimes was with defensiveness. Or, and here's a good one for us guys too. It shouldn't be gender. This is gender neutral. Stonewalling. Just stonewalling. Oh yeah, because I can stonewall too, yes, but you, you do can. it better. You're, <laughs> thank you, baby. She, <laughs> last week we discovered, y'all, we took the, uh, the five uh, love languages quiz. You guys take just that? Just to make sure that we actually yeah. had it right still. Words of affirmation. She just did that. Thank you, yeah. honey. You're That's welcome. so nice. <laughs> He's also optimistic. So, yes, I am. Uh, you know what? We need introspection. Often when we get into these places of conflict, we have to be introspective and, um, and especially when um, we're in conflict with each other. When we're in conflict with each other, we have to do the hard work. And guys, it's not you, it's me. And then you walk off. You just said guys again. I know I did, because that's what we do. I feel like that's kind of what we do a lot, is is try to just shut her down, right? Just stop this, and I'll just walk away and deal with it later. Because there's emotions involved? Because we're not agreeing, we're in deep conflict. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just easier to walk away. It's easier to go to defensiveness and stonewalling. 
but we need to ask some questions. We need to ask some questions of ourselves and maybe start with, how do I feel about myself? How do you feel about yourself? Do you actually love you? Do you actually love the person that you are? In Matthew chapter 22, if you've been here more than five seconds, typically, it seems like we have this passage of scripture. It actually informs who we are as a church. But it simply points to uh, what Jesus says to us. Um, he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't learn to love yourself, you'll never really learn to love anyone else either. What Jesus says here is not, he doesn't give us three commandments. He gives us two commandments, two commandments. He assumes that you already love yourself. That's an assumption that is being made. And Jesus is drawing a conclusion that our, at our core, look, we, uh, we feed our body. We make sure we have plenty to eat. Uh, we are, uh, whether we admit it or not, we are self-serving. Uh, we are preservationists. And uh, like we're going to survive no matter what. So we want to take that self-love that is at our core and treat others the same way. Right, but then if we, if we take that, that passage and, and we look at it as if like, well, but, but I hate myself. I, I don't like who I, like maybe how God created me. Um, I hate my body, right? We can look at those things and while those things are, are true on one level, maybe we are disgusted with our bodies and with ourselves. Actually, some of us are self-destructive in those, in those moments. But if that's the case, though, like, what does it really mean to love yourself? See, in the scripture that we just read, Jesus wasn't talking about feeling love for ourselves. He was talking about the reality, as Jean said, like at the core of our very being, we want the best for ourselves in the way that we make sure we eat, sleep, most of the time, we try to stay alive, take care of ourselves, even when we're not feeling love for ourselves. Does that make sense? So the same is true for our love of other people. If we can't assume that the feels are always gonna be there, so we can't depend on feelings when it comes to loving other people. Yeah, last week we talked about love being a verb. Like, it, you, you have to put this into action. You can't just say, I love you, and then act like you hate them, right? You actually have to lean into this and, and experience love and, and uh, flesh it out with each other. Um, the scriptures are just full mm -hmm. of direction when it comes to this. And last week we talked about John chapter 13, and um, we said that a new command I give you, these are the words of Jesus, a new command I give you. What is that new command? The new command is to love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by the way, you know, when Jesus says that, he also says, that's how they're going to know that you are mine. The love that you give to yourself and other people is how they will know that you are mine. In 1 Corinthians, Paul writes these words. He says, do everything in love. That's a blanket statement. 
Move in love, act in love, do everything in love. In 1 Peter, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Wow, that's a powerful verse. That's a powerful word for someone this morning to know that even though our sins are plenty, even though they are great, love covers over a multitude of sin. I love how that one speaks again to that unconditional love. Like no matter what has been done to you, against you, you still have the choice That's right. to, to, to walk in and interact in and behave in that agape, unconditional love. Not easy. No, it's not. But no, effective, not. for sure. First uh, John 3 has uh, two verses that we want to talk about. This is the message you heard from the beginning, it says. We should love one another. And then finally, dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. See, again, you can be saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, and that will fall on deaf ears if action and truth aren't following the words that we're speaking. You guys, there are really, there are no shortcuts to this. It is fleshing it out. It is working through the most difficult things you'll ever work through. And if we're not just using, uh, it's not you, it's me as an excuse uh, to get out of whatever we wish we weren't in, we really will, do, will take responsibility. We must take responsibility for ourselves and do the hard work of growing and becoming all that God has called us to be. So what have you thought of your relationships as what am I becoming instead of what am I getting? What am I becoming instead of what I'm getting? What am I getting? Hmm. So it makes me think of this secret list. Any of y'all have this secret list of what you're looking for in the other person? And maybe it's not so secret. Oh, that's true. That's true. And maybe some of you don't remember, but I bet you had it. Kind of this, maybe a checklist, maybe a mental checklist of, of everything that you were looking for in your life partner. I had a friend actually, I don't know if I told you this, but I had a friend whose father actually told her, make a list of the qualities and characteristics you want in your husband, and then you won't mess up when you start dating. Because if somebody <laughs> doesn't meet those qualifications, you just like check them off the list. Yeah, next, if, next they're really, if they're really good looking, the list might disappear though. <laughs> I mean, so we can talk about this list, but are you the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? Okay, can I say that again? Are you the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? So think about what you bring to the relationship. Are you bringing a lot of baggage, a lot of unresolved pain from your past, or are you bringing the very best version of you? One that has done, has done the really, really hard work of introspection. And maybe, maybe you don't have a list. Maybe you should have had a list because now you keep dating the wrong people over and over and over again. And you're like, why do I keep doing this? I just keep picking the, the wrong people. But reality is, is that we often look for someone who is just like one of our parents, um, if, it, if it was a good relationship. Or we try to stay clear away from someone who is just like our, our parent if, if it wasn't a good relationship. But truth be told, we often end up with someone who is just like our mom or just like our dad. Whether it was a good relationship or not, 
it's what we know, right? It's, it's how we learned about relationships, even when it was bad, even if it was a bad representation of, of relationship. And then we'd say things like, I swore I'd never be like my mom, or I swore I'd never like, be like my dad. And his good one when he wants to get at me is like, you are just like your mother. Now, Brenda, you know I haven't said that in a long time. I've been chastised one too many times <laughs> for saying that. My mom, my mom is awesome, but you know, it's not the amazing qualities that he says that about. So there's that. But what is modeled is what is caught. Guys, you know this. If, if you've been around kids at any, for any amount of time, you know that saying more is caught than taught. The same thing happens with our relationships. And so we then grow up in this, um, with this idea of what a relationship looks like based on what we grew up in, and we think it's normal. So when it comes to this thing of conflict and trying to, to work things out, it might take a whole lot of unlearning. Like unlearning the things uh, that we thought maybe were, were normal and unlearning so that we can become the best version of ourselves in the way that God has designed us um, to be, to be love and um, often Another part of that is involved is a lot of forgiveness. And it might not be something you have a conversation with someone about, but it may be something you need to do internally is extend forgiveness because we can't blame our parents forever. We can't blame our past, um, the bad experiences forever. We at some point have to take responsibility and extend forgiveness, let go of that, and move on. Yeah, I, I would just... Um want to echo that because some of our most growing periods of our lives have been when we've been in conflict, been in a hard place, and have been able to begin the process of saying, if needed, of saying, I forgive. I'm going to begin this forgiveness process, whether it was with each other or it was with other people. This is something that is going to um, take a lifetime, really. Preparation for, for relationship is not something that you just do once and then you're done. It is an ongoing lifetime uh, process uh, because you and I are never done uh, being created in the way that God has created us. He, it's an ongoing process of being created and it is an ongoing process of becoming of who he has called us to be. So don't give up. Like if you feel like you're in dire straits and you just feel like I cannot do this and I'm, I'm asking you and I'm challenging you to not give up. Uh, the Apostle Paul again in 1 Corinthians says, like be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. We can read those scriptures and we can say, yeah, great, that's for my spiritual life. And I'm telling you, it is for all of your life. It is for all of our life to be strong, be on guard, be courageous. To work through hard things takes courage and it, need, it takes strength. This means that you can't just put it in cruise control and expect to get to the destination. That you can just, like it'll just work out. How many times have you said, oh, don't worry about it, it'll just work out? Well, maybe for the casual 
conversation, it might just work out. Maybe for the casual conflict, it might just work out. But if it's, a con- it's, if it's conflict worth resolving, then it's not just going to work out. You actually have to bring your best to the relationship. And you have to have a deep, deep desire to change and to grow. Sometimes loving ourselves enough to look at ourselves is what we most need to do. We might need to do some right-sizing in, um, in the ways that we think, the way that we live, the way that we talk. And we might need to do some right-sizing in our own perspective of ourselves because we need clarity. And when we have clarity, we bring value to our relationships. To become is the goal that we're after. And that goal is never attained. You keep becoming until you die. My dad is 85 years old. My mom's 85 years old. And they are still becoming. They would tell you they are still becoming all that God has called them to be. They have not arrived at 85. So that can feel discouraging. If anybody is thinking, oh my goodness, I'm never, yeah. So like, don't be discouraged in that. But I think we can be encouraged in like, that's going to be a a rhythm, right? That's just going to be a rhythm in our life as there's constantly going to be things. If we are being intentional about loving others, about loving ourselves, there's going to be this tension and it's just going to be this constant thing of, oops, there's there's another way I need to grow. So not to be like, oh, here we go again. It's like, okay, here we go again. I can do this. So I hope you can be encouraged in that. Um, so again, are you the person, the person, okay, I gotta say this again. Are you the person, the person you are looking for is looking for? And while we're at it, so we talk a lot about this thing of love. Talk about falling in love. I just wonder about that. I just don't even, I don't even like that because um, we are saying that love is a choice. And if we're saying it's falling, then maybe we're hooked on a feeling. There's a song about that. There is? We call that chemistry, don't we? We do, but what's the song? Uh, it's not coming to me right now, but I know there's a song like that. <laughs> there's a song for everything, right? If, so, I, if I tried to sing it, it wouldn't come out okay. well. Well, and maybe, maybe you have this obsession with this feeling of love. It just kind of pulls you in like... Hallmark Channel or a chick flick. But love is more than chemistry. It's way more than chemistry. It's a choice. Like, for example, you might not like your spouse very much some days. That's the part I'm saying is the chemistry, is the like. But I still choose love every day, just to clarify that. So great relationships are built on a decision to love. Not on emotional dependence. Yes. Yes. Don't depend on the feels. But the feels is where we go first. All right, so what kind of person are you looking for? Uh, I would guess that it is someone that is whole, healthy, and healed, or healing. Someone that is vulnerable and authentic, which means if that's what you want, you have to ask if that is what you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The real you in a relationship has to show up. You have to come out of hiding. Authenticity and honesty is imperative if you want to have success in your relationships. Um, It's virtually impossible, though, if you're hiding. If you're hiding from the past, from pain, um, 
Because here's the thing, relationships are made so much more difficult when we bring baggage. Mm -hmm. So if you're just starting this thing of dating, starting over, resolve the issues, heal. Mike Foster, uh, he's an author and a blogger, has this quote, he says, pay attention to your patterns. Mm -hmm. The ways you learn to survive may not be the ways you want to continue to live. You have to heal and you have to shift. Pay attention to your patterns. And we go back to the very, one of the first points we made this morning was about the things that you have learned through uh, familial experiences may not be the ways that will serve you well going into the future. It reminds me of a meme that I saw yesterday. I follow the holistic psychiatrist, psychologist, I think is her name. And her quote says this, not everyone wants to get better. Some people do, but aren't ready for all the work it takes. Some people are very comfortable in predictable misery. I know, right? But that's the truth. Sometimes it feels easier to just stay where we are because we know what that is. Even though it's not healthy, it's not the best version of us. And for some of us, what's been done, the trauma, the pain, like it has quite likely turned us away from even ourselves. And then, um, and then we have a really hard time with this thing of loving ourselves and loving other people. So again, this morning, we are recognizing that um, for some of you that, that the trauma and the pain is, is really, really big. And we acknowledge that. Yeah, what I love, what I really love is that God doesn't just come alongside of us and uh, kind of tape us up and send us on our way, but he brings healing, he brings hope, and he brings wholeness. It doesn't matter how much pain and suffering we've, we've acquired or experienced. God is in the business of restoration, and he brings that healing, hope, and wholeness. Right, and then that saying, it's not you, it's me, it can become more of an honest and open conversation. Like we are, when we are our best selves, we're not gonna make the excuses, we're not gonna skirt away from you know, become defensive, the stone, all of that stuff, we'll actually be able to step into and, and address the conflict and step into healing. Yes. Hey, we have um, a couple here in church that has uh, come through some deep waters. They have experienced um, conflict and difficulties, and they were kind enough to uh, allow us kind enough, brave enough, courageous enough to allow us to share their story with you. Would you take a look at the screens? We've been married for about eight and a half years. It's been, for the most part, pretty good, I would say. I'd say before kids, you know, life is great. You got the... <laughs> got the googly eyes for each other mm -hmm. and not yeah. very many issues no we always yes. kind of said you know I'm glad we're not one of those couples that fights all the time <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted two kids a boy and a girl and that worked out perfect thank you Jesus <laughs> um, and I just figured we'd just grow up together, um, go on family vacations, just um, enjoy each other's company. And overall, I think 
we've done a great job at that. Um, but there's a lot more reality that sunk in after the fact of having that second kid, I think is when the struggles truly started to come for us. I think we've said before that it's almost like we became roommates that were taking care of two kids. You just start to focus more on survival mode, focusing on supporting your children, taking care of them. And we kind of started to lose track of each other in our marriage as well. It almost felt somewhat like a postpartum depression for me. I didn't necessarily know that that's what it was, but I tried to ask him for help. I knew I needed to seek out some type of help, but he just said, just going through a rough patch, we'll get through it. Um, so we tried that route and well, that wasn't working. So what about a year later or so is when I just decided I had enough and I wasn't happy. And I came home and said, I just think that we need to separate. He can be stubborn sometimes. <laughs> So he's like, nope, that's not gonna happen. We'll, we'll get help, we're gonna figure this out. I reached out to my friends, close friends at the store and uh, talked to Jean and he recommended Marriage Matters. Luckily I convinced her to not leave me right away and stick around for, to at least try. We started meeting with our coaches probably about a week later maybe two weeks later after two or three sessions with our coaches is when it's really started to change for us together as a couple um, we started to go we did a date night um, here and there whereas before I think it was several months without any date without the kids um, so just having that quality time with each other also helped open that up it, it gave us both tools to use, not a step-by-step, -step, you know, save your marriage thing, and um, through that, I, I was able to see, like, how God created you to be, to see you through His lens, and love you how you were meant to be loved, instead of trying to love you like how I thought you should be loved. It almost felt like I could see Patrick as who I once married, whereas before we started those sessions, it didn't feel like the same person that I married. You were struggling just as much. And after all of those sessions, um, being able to communicate and just open up those lines and know how you perceive love and how I can show you love the way that you want to be loved, um, I could just see that joy coming back in your eyes too and that just I think that helped us as well yeah we would both I think highly recommend um, doing this before you get to crisis mode like we did um, 100% like if we would have done it the year before when she just mentioned you know she's kind of feeling some resentment towards me we told our coaches at the end after We've just seen so much improvement, a complete 180 in our marriage. 
we just suggested to them that we would recommend it for anyone that is um, just starting to have a family, just because that that is a huge dynamic change on how you parent. Just having that regroup for your own marriage just as a refresher is huge, um, just to keep things alive and fresh. What we know is that Kelsey and Patrick learned what it was, uh, that it really was uh, about me. It was about me, first of all. And um, their uh, ability to take, be accountable for what they were responsible for is uh, a key to building these happy, uh, healthy relationships. But we have to look inward first. If we want to be in a healthy uh, relationship, then uh, health comes by uh, really being honest with ourselves and stop telling ourselves lies and stop believing the lies that may have been told about us. We need to align with Jesus first. And when we do, we can expect that uh, what we bring to the relationship really has the potential for creating beauty. Uh, it is God who calls us into relationship. He calls us out of despair and hopelessness and into the future that we're created to love. And love looks like protection and trust and hope. And love looks like perseverance. Would you stand with us? Our prayer team is going to be up front as they always are during the last part of the service here. And I just want to, uh, to speak to any of you this morning that are maybe feeling stuck. Maybe you're um, feeling some despair or maybe you've just been dumped. Maybe you're feeling hopeless. Uh, maybe you're the one that's looking for love in all the wrong places. But this morning, if you need to make the choice to do the hard thing, to look at yourself, that introspection. Maybe it is to reach out and get help, to get healing from the past, from, from pain, from trauma. Uh, let's just talk to Jesus about it. You know, our, our prayer ministry team is, is pretty awesome. They might not know everything about love, but they can certainly connect you to the one who does. So this morning, whatever it is, <clears throat> actually this last song we're singing is the blessing. So maybe for you, it's your family coming up for just a prayer of blessing. Doesn't mean that if you come up here, your marriage is in dire straits. But maybe this morning, a blessing is what you need. Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you for your beautiful example of love and the way you did relationships, the way you loved people in spite of their sin, their past, their pain, the way you saw them just for who they were. And God, as 
as we do this journey here on earth, that is so insanely hard sometimes. So we just need you to just infuse us with your love on a whole nother level. Remind us of who we are, how you see us so that we can love ourselves in ways that we can then in turn love others. We're so grateful, God, for the way that you work in us and, and how that doesn't just impact us, it impacts generations. So this morning, I just pray for my friends and I pray just um, courage this morning to think about what is the next thing I need to do? What is it that I need to step into to become the best version of me? And I thank you, God, for the way that you will heal and bring wholeness. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.